Hey, Hotel Tech Insiders. This is Jordan Hollander. And today we have Ted Watson, who runs the hospitality vertical at Ruckus Wireless, uh, which is an Eris company. Uh, Ted, thanks so much for being here today with us. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Ted, so I wanted to start out by talking about your personal career and, and kind of how you came into this wonderful world of hotel technology. Wow, my, I'm going to date myself if I talk about my entire career, but uh, let me go back <laughs> about 20, 25 years I've been in the hospitality business, and my very first hotel deployment was, was using a technology is, uh, called DSL up in Canada while I was working for Cabletron. And uh, it was way before this whole cool thing called Wi-Fi came out, and it was just providing internet connectivity as an alternative to modems in each room. And uh, it was really expensive, uh, really well received, but uh, it couldn't really take off. The technology around it wasn't simple, wasn't easy, and, and it required dedicated IT addresses. So I, I started in the hospitality business about 25 years ago with Cabletron. I moved on to a little company called uh, Calibris Networks where uh, we did a pretty good job and I ran the hospitality business for us there globally. And I've been at uh, Ruckus uh, coming on to uh, my ninth year right now. Very cool. So that must it must have been really interesting to watch as this evolved from such a, a really capital intensive endeavor um, and something that really wasn't a mainstay into something that really is just uh, is something that every hotel has to have at this point. No, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And the business model has changed. As you pointed out, it was very capital capital intensive at the at the beginning, and then it moved to from a business model. It went to. Uh, the hospitality providers, the service providers out there were actually leasing and doing revenue share and providing Wi-Fi in limited space. And now, uh, as you know where the market is today, it's ubiquitous Wi-Fi and it seems to be more important than uh, hot water according to a lot of the studies out there. So uh, it's, it's been a great ride and, and I think it's moving from a guest technology into new uh, and differentiated services. So it's really a staple in the hotel right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've certainly seen a lot of the same studies and uh, anecdotally have experienced that myself with with frustration and not being able to get into the Wi-Fi. I think I, I read somewhere that the average guest checks logs into the Wi-Fi within seven minutes of checking into the hotel. So certainly a mission critical item. Um, so could we maybe even uh, give a little background on Ruckus as well and kind of the story of Ruckus, I, I believe you guys were previously owned by Brocade and then sold to Eris. Is that correct? So I started Ruckus uh, in uh, early 2010. Uh, at that time, we were a privately held company. Um, and we were just venturing into the enterprise world of uh, Wi-Fi. We were uh, started out delivering. We started out as a company by the name of Video 54, and it was all about solving um, the last hundred feet of uh, televisions having connectivity to uh, to the cable network. So we were a service provider play initially. We moved from there into the enterprise world in uh, 2009. I joined in 2010 to lead our hospitality business, and uh, we went public. I believe it was in uh, 2012. We were acquired uh, by Brocade a year ago, a year and a half. I guess almost two years ago now, a year and a half ago. Um, and subsequently, Brocade was acquired by Broadcom, and Eris just closed on us. I believe it was December 1st. So now we're Ruckus Networks. So we started this Video 54. We went to Ruckus Wireless, to uh, Brocade, 
to uh, Broadcom for a short stint and then Ruckus Networks, an Aris company. Very cool. And a lot so, of yeah, a lot of change. And and has the so you said the business model started as a service business, providing the kind of implementation for that for the connectivity of entertainment. Yeah, it was actually a, a revenue share model. So so not necessarily a service. The, the service providers out there and in, in the U.S. we had you know the Sprints of the world and and companies that we may or may not remember Ibons of the world. And what they did is a rev share. They put up the capital and they uh, got rev share on, on every connection that people connected to. You used to have to pay in every property for a Wi-Fi connection. And they took a piece of that revenue share, revenue, and shared it with the, uh, the hotel ownership group. And uh, today it's, uh, it's a capital cost and uh, a service model only, a managed service only. So it's really evolved because it's uh, mission critical to the hotel. So they want to own um, that asset. And are there still hotels that are that are charging for Wi-Fi, or what's the mix there? I gotta imagine there's still some material kind of portion of the install base that that is uh, that, that's charging for the Wi-Fi versus having it be an, you know an amenity that they know is critical to the guest experience. Uh, there's still a lot of folks charging for um, Wi-Fi connectivity. So if you think of the uh, um, standard, you know, three four star hotels, uh, a lot of those are free or they're free if you're a loyalty member. But yep. once you get into the luxury segment or outside of the U.S., um, it, it's standard to be charged for hotel connectivity. Uh, if you're at a major brand or even a boutique, it's you know anywhere from 10 to $25 per night um, for hotel connectivity. So, so although in the U.S. we're moving to more, more of a free model, outside of the U.S., it, it's still a paid-for-use model. Absolutely. And, and do you guys, uh, have you guys run any studies? I, ima- I, I have to imagine there's a pretty strong correlation between either like TripAdvisor reviews or guest satisfaction internal surveys or, you know, ADR that you, that you can command having Wi-Fi as a service versus without, which effectively would pass that rate through to the guests. Have, have, you, got, have you seen anything like that personally? Um, there, there's a funny uh, internal study at one of our uh, hotel customers. And they did a, uh, They were running the survey, and they offered free Wi-Fi and paid-for-use Wi-Fi. The connection was identical. There was no difference in it. And they just wanted to – it was more of a psychology understanding of the guest. The guest satisfaction scores when people paid for it were about 30% higher than, it was for, than when it was free, and it was the exact same service. So, so it's kind of funny. There's all kinds of studies out there. Everybody says they want free Wi-Fi. Uh, but they appreciate it more when they pay for it. The difference is really the take rate. So uh, when it's a pay for use, you're seeing typically about a 65% take rate in the uh, in the free Wi-Fi connectivity or more business travel uh, property. We're right. seeing now upwards of 90% take rate. Interesting, interesting. And and you know, Clayton Christensen from the from Harvard Business School when when he talks about uh, he has a concept called jobs to be done, where he thinks of products as uh, as things that we hire to complete jobs. And uh, are there unique jobs to be done within hospitality and hotels specifically that that Wi-Fi serves that is, you know, very different from what some of your peers and, and the other uh, 
the other leaders of the of the other verticals that Ruckus are seeing? Are there are there specific either technical innovations or structural setups that that exist within your networks that that are it's a different configuration? Wow, that's uh, I could talk about that for hours. Um, <laughs> so so let's level set. The majority of people out there believe, um, and when I say the majority of people, I mean just the, the traditional guests out there believe that. Wi-Fi at a hotel is simple. I turn on guest access and it's done. If you actually peel back the onion and look at what is deployed at a property, there are anywhere from four to 12 to 16 services running on every access point. Everything from voice over Wi-Fi, uh, security services, point of sale, property management systems, efficiency applications, um, mini bar lighting um uh obviously television casting and 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 we do wi-fi um as well as back office connectivity so although the guest only sees the guest interface um which by the way changes out every day and a half a new user with new policies and profiles and requirements um it's really a, a much more complicated environment than a traditional enterprise or or an education environment it's a lot more demanding and taxing and then you get into uh, requirements for security and and PCI compliance and all that fun stuff, Sarbanes-Oxley reporting, um, it becomes a lot more complicated. So taking all that complicated uh, uh, configuration capability and making it simple and easy to deploy is one of the technology advances advantages we have over uh, any of our competition. So that's one of the things that we try to do in hospitality versus other other uh, verticals out there. Right. And, and do you work with any of the any of the kind of back office technology businesses to ensure that that service is is working, you know, properly? Are there unique demands that, you know, a, a property management system might have or staff task management or anything like that? So, yes and no. So we'll we'll work to ensure connectivity and ensure security if that's required and, and understand the template and the configuration as we roll it out as part of our best practices. Really, it's all about ubiquitous Wi-Fi coverage and enablement of services. So we're 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 the plumbing, the smart plumbing. So we're going to run the analytics, but and we're going to be able to make sure that devices can get on the network and they go securely and safely with the performance requirements and the quality service that's needed to where they need to go. So uh, traditional, you know, whether it's uh, hot sauces and application, we work with those guys to make sure that the the product works well, but Realistically, if you have good Wi-Fi and you have your network configured appropriately to support that service, um, it's not about focusing just on back office. It's, it's about providing that ubiquitous network infrastructure that enables different services. Right. Well, somehow the, the Wi-Fi in my apartment still doesn't work well, so I don't really know how you do it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you, you know, uh, I have the saying our marketing guys are cringing because they're not sure what I'm going to say right now. But I have to say, I was talking to a hotel uh, guest yesterday, and I was talking about one of the major differentiators um, from a Wi-Fi perspective purely. So connectivity um, is our job is to make wireless stuck less. So we have all these algorithms and patents that make it make it work better in a highly dense environment, whether it's dense of users or if it's dense of other access points that cause congestion. So. So we have like DeanFlex and all this PDMRC, and it's all about making sure that you have a, that great connectivity to get on the the uh, internet. 
And if you can make that happen quick and easy for everyone and perform well, um, you're in a good place. So uh, where that guest stands in the corner and they call in to support with one of our competitors and the support desk tells them to turn their phone sideways and see if they get better connectivity or their <laughs> iPad sideways, that doesn't have to happen with Ruckus. We, uh, we, we make sure that we have that great connectivity there. Right, right. Or, or turn around three times and then turn back the other way. Yep. <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard it all. I really have. And, or, or we'll get the, the person calling for support and they're in the bathroom surrounded by tile. Um, yeah. and, why, and why are you video casting in the bathroom? That's, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> so when you talk about, uh, when you talk about some of the, the challenges, the unique challenges that come with some of these really dense or congested spaces um, and delivering the right service quality across. Um, what are some of the biggest, you mentioned some patents and innovations that you were developing in, in-house. What are some of the biggest trends that you've seen over the last, let's say, five years in the wireless space and, and how things have changed from a technology perspective to enable better service deployment? Wow. That's a really big question, too. So, so let's talk about technology for a very short period of time uh, and patents. So we have a, a technology called BeamFlex and BeamFlex Plus. And what that basically means is instead of having a, a omnidirectional pattern like a light bulb that just emits light everywhere, 60 watts everywhere, we have the ability to have uh, we have a whole bunch of antennas on our, on our access points. And we basically shape the antennas like like instead of this omnidirectional light bulb, in, uh, we, we shape it like a flashlight. So we cancel out all the noise everywhere else and focus all the energy on the device that's speaking at the time. So when you're getting into dense networks, uh, that makes a big deal for two reasons. It gets users on and off the network quick and easy and fast, and it mitigates collision and contention and congestion and overlap of other coverage areas from other APs. So having high density density coverage, whether it's owned by the hotel itself or it's inflicted upon by other retail environments or other enterprise Wi-Fi networks out there, it's about ensuring that you have that great RF experience. From a trending perspective, you know, years ago it was public access, uh, uh, guest access in the public area only. And if I got on the internet with my Wi-Fi device, it was kind of cool and fun and that was awesome. Now it's a staple. Um, that's, that's required. There's no ancestor buts. And the services that people are requiring or looking to acquire, require, uh, enable, um, require a higher density of access points. As an example, um, years ago we came out with a wall plate uh, access point that, that provided on a per room basis its own access point with switching infrastructure as well as Wi-Fi. So one of the trends we're seeing is loyalty-based profiles, and, and in the technical world, that's called personal area networks. So as you log in, walk into the room, you automatically check in. When you go into your room itself, it just the lights for you because it's using the uh, IoT capabilities of the wall plate. It defines based on your devices and profile which ones can see each other directly and communicate directly, whether it's Apple TV or a printer or other devices you bring in the network. So, so having a lot, lot more APs in the room um, is a trend, and, and one of the, the benefits that we have with BeamFlex is we can solve that congestion of too much RF. So right. personal area networks is a, is, a, is a great example of some of the things coming in IoT is another great example of, of some of the technology that uh, people are looking to implement over top of their Wi-Fi. 
Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds like I mean that'll have a huge impact on the on the guest entertainment systems and some of these tablet providers that you're seeing in rooms. I mean, certainly on our website, we see across the board um, when we ask, you know, when we ask customers and, and users on our site to review various software products, they'll often uh, complain about the deliverability across the Wi-Fi network, which actually isn't even the the supplier's problem. And so, you know, it's really interesting to see some of the developments there and and think about how that's going to impact the entire hotel technology space. And I think, you know, we see a lot of uh, listicles and buzz about robots and and voice. Um, but in in the end of the day, it's it's really it's only as good as the Wi-Fi that you're delivering it across. And that's the core infrastructure that's kind of catalyzing innovation. Um, you know, along those lines, so I'm sure that you're, you know, in the in the field with hotel customers every day. Are there any products that you feel have been, um, you know, most interesting over the last couple of years in terms of the products that have been enabled by faster Wi-Fi? In, in well, so, so yes yeah, is the short answer, but I, I think you brought up a really interesting point is having that baseline uh, great experience so that you can be able to offer new services and differentiated services. So a couple staple points for that. Uh, first of all, automated or easy authentication, being able to get on the network quick and easy, being able to perform on the network. Once you have that baseline of, I can get on and off the network easy, quick, and without a whole bunch of clicks and tabs and, and buttons that I push. And once I have a great experience so I can provide high performance, maybe video capabilities, now you can tier the new services on, whether it's back office, location-based services for uh, um, staff efficiency, whether it's location-based services for security awareness. Um, in New York, there's a law that uh, they have a, all the housekeeping staff uh, have to wear a, uh, a medallion that uh, if they feel unsafe, uh, they hit the medallion and the alarms go off and it identifies where they are. Right. Um, obviously, casting on televisions, room controls, door locks being automated. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of work with all the door lock vendors to be able to bring that into the IP network. So consolidation of Zigbee, Z-Wave, LTE, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, whether it's end or, or 11AC or whatever it happens to be, but bring all these separate autonomous networks and bring them together. And once you do that, the service op services opportunity are endless. Um, whether it's advertising, location, to enable a service or a location to find someone or something, it, it, it's unbelievable. And, and as big as your imagination is, is where where it could go and where people are trying it today. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we've certainly seen a huge trend towards integration amongst the software guys and players like uh, Bellhop and Snapshot and Impala are, are making some inroads there. And it seems like you guys at Ruckus are really uh, in a unique position to be able to uh, control that data and make sure that everyone has the right access and, and let some of these players build applications that can that can pass that through. Well, and I think that one of the advantages and differentiators we provide to enable those services is is one of the things architecturally we've done with our, our networking systems is build open APIs. So if somebody wants to do a location-based application, maybe it's efficiency applications for the guest staff, they can link into our APIs to give feedback XYZ coordinates. So we want to enable those services. If somebody requires 
security for non-intelligent devices. We have a, a, a product series called CloudPath that enables onboarding of intelligent and non-intelligent devices. So, so you're absolutely correct. It's, it's uh, for us. It's critical to have an open system so that we can plug into all those new services. We can't create the services because we can't move at the speed of sound and the speed of light that that all these application companies are on yep. offering. But with the analytics that we have in the machine that you can plug into, we can start to see trends, traffic patterns, utilization, types of devices being used and where they're being used. So we can feed that back and, and then, again, plug in the APIs to offer differentiated services like location-based services and analytics. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously core to, to what we do at our business is, is helping educate hoteliers uh, on, you know, when, to, when is the right time to upgrade infrastructure? How should, the, how should they think about um, either A, building a business case for themselves or B, building a business case to present to ownership or management and feel confident about being able to uh, vouch for that investment. Um, so, you know, to yeah. start out, can we talk a little bit about what is the, what is the buying cycle and replacement cycle look like in this business? Are, are, how often are people kind of uh, revamping their, their hardware and their hotels? And is that happening at a fast enough clip? Or do you see it kind of like we probably see in the property management space where the, the investments are lagging and you can kind of tell with some of the service times and satisfaction, things like that? I, I think that's brand dependent. So I think overall, I'd like, I'd like to see the recycle time every six months because that means a lot of revenue for us. <laughs> um, I know that's not going to happen. Realistically, it's a three to five year uh, life cycle. And, and the conversation is really about what is the hotel trying to offer today and tomorrow? What's, what's the investment protection that's important to them? Um, if you go to the, what I call park in front, which are the uh, economy type properties, they're not looking forward. They have to provide uh, Wi-Fi to put it on the sign up front to say $69 for the room and free Wi-Fi. Um, if you start going into the luxury segment, they're starting to leverage a lot of this stuff, including facial recognition based on Mac address, linking back to loyalty programs. So they're starting to say, hey, listen, I've got a building management system that is proprietary and I'd like to integrate that in. Okay, so Ruckus has a platform for integration of IoT to enable any, uh, any FI, whether it's BLE, ZigBee, or Z-Wave, or LTE 3.5, the open G-Spec. Um, <laughs> the customer says, you know what, I want to understand where people are going and so I can adjust maybe my common areas or maybe my conference space. I want to understand the traffic pattern so maybe I can make better use. Not enough people are using my restaurant, so maybe they don't know about it. So they're starting to look at that. So it's really what is the purpose of the hotel? If I get into the casino and gaming, um, you wouldn't believe uh, some of the things that are being being considered and, and, and actually being done. So the very first question I ask every hotelier is, what is it that you want from your Wi-Fi? If the answer is I want guest Wi-Fi only and I don't have a lot of money, uh, I'm going to steer them to, to uh, a different product series that doesn't have the ability to um, deploy OpenG and deploy IoT. If they're looking to have a more three to four year investment, they're looking at uh, integrating their building management systems, integrating their in-room controls, integrating smart casting, door locks and mini bars, I'm gonna point them to a solution that's gonna enable that. So it, it is really a three to five year life cycle and if they're not ready to invest in the other parts of the business, um, then it doesn't make sense for them to invest 
um, in, in the more advanced technology. Here's a great example. I have an ownership group, and I'm not going to name them, that usually buys our, our solid best practice type deployment Wi-Fi. It, it, it ensures investment protection and enablement of all these services that I'm talking about. I had one of their properties, and I saw a PO, and it was a nice PO, and I was appreciative, but they used one of our lower-end product lines in that. So I called them up, and I said, hey, I don't know if you guys realize this, but um, this isn't what you usually buy. Did you know that? And they said, yeah, Ted, we absolutely do know that. We do know that. The reason we bought that is we wanted to have the name Ruckus on the technology, and we're going to be selling that asset. So having the name Ruckus associated to a hotel is a big deal because we are by far the market leader, 80% in our targeted market area, 87% in the luxury segment. So these guys were aware of the Ruckus brand, <clears throat> the Ruckus brand, and they went to the lower end of the product cycle because they were going to sell the property off. On their investments and their assets that they were going to keep longer, they invested more appropriately. So it's interesting. It's it's really understanding what the ownership group is doing with the property and what they want, how they want to invest in future technology. Absolutely. So it's almost like the Intel effect. That's that's really that's got to be a really good feeling to see that coming into fruition, especially in the B two B space, where you know a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the hotel owners are going to be much more finance or real estate heavy. So having them really appreciate the brand, I'm sure, is a huge testament to what you guys have built. Yeah, thank you. We're pretty excited, and and we appreciate it every day. We don't take it for granted, and we do everything we can to uh, ensure their confidence. And so, uh, you know, w when buyers are in the market, or you know, are are they usually coming to you saying, "I I know that I need Wi-Fi," or or are they you know kind of kicking the tires and trying to see what's out there, or are are their TripAdvisor scores slipping because they're not delivering the right service? How does how does the conversation usually start? Um, when, when you kind of interact with prospects, either, you know, they're early in the funnel or, or further along. So that our, our business model at Ruckus for hospitality is different than our competitors. And I think you just outlined what, what a traditional competitor would do. Um, sorry, I had a call. I had to transfer. What a traditional competitor of ours, how they would engage. Our business is... Uh, Typically, every single day, we do 50 to 60 hotel deployments. So when I get a call from a major brand and they say, hey, Ted, uh, we have a new deployment coming up, the question isn't, are we going to do Wi-Fi? It's, what are the capabilities I need in that product? So if, if the product they're deploying, the, the property that they're deploying is a higher-end pro property, they're going to look at more of the advanced features and how they integrate IoT. If it's a you know, three-star, they're going to look at, at that. Um, we did a, a, an analysis with a, a brand partner of ours, and on average, uh, when they deployed our solution over our competitor solutions, there's about a 20% uplift in their guest satisfaction. And they all measure it differently. TripAdvisor is not one that the big brands use. They have their own internal solutions. Uh, one of them uses JD Power. You mentioned that earlier, JD Power. So they have different guest satisfaction mechanisms and, and ways to do it, but they totally see, and we have testimonials all over the place. Hey, when I, when I deployed Ruckus, uh, my guest satisfaction scores went up 20%. Right. Um, yeah. So that happens all the time. So, so baseline, everyone knows they need Wi-Fi. It's just how much am I going to spend and what's the value I'm going to get? What's the investment and what am I trying to accomplish? 
And yeah, and so are you are you uh, are you going at it from the perspective of like a brand certified vendor or how does that conversation yep. okay. So I have a dedicated team around the globe. Um, and our little team, we really have three roles in life. Number one role is work with all the major brands to make sure they understand and uh, are aware of our different product scenarios and that we sort of meet, meet their requirements. And that takes up about 50% of our time. So let me give you an example. Before we come out with a product in hospitality for Wi-Fi or Wired, we bring that before it's at the PRD stage. So when it's at the marketing requirements stock, we give it to this consortium of hoteliers and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about. What do you think? What would you like to do different? Does it meet the cost point? If you need it to be lower, what can you sacrifice? So it's really a collaborative effort, and that's where we spend almost half of our time. And we are certified, certified, approved, um, exclusive, or almost exclusive at, at pretty much every major brand in the globe. So we've, we, uh, we're pretty excited and proud about that. The second part of our job is, is where the revenue happens, and that's working with our specialized hospitality service providers. And uh, our team spends a lot of time with those folks to ensure best practices or training or educated. And here's, here's a little tidbit. We represent a, a, a decent portion of the revenue for Ruckus, Ruckus Networks. Our support costs, because of this team working with all of our dedicated hospitality tier one and tier two partners, is one-tenth of 1% 1 of all the support calls. Wow. So what does that mean? Those partners aren't getting a lot of calls, which means they're making more money. It's not costing them. Every call costs them money. They're not getting those calls. So it's really important that we focus on education, training, best practices, and awareness. And, and that's the second sort of leg of the, the three-legged stool. The third is um, working with, with in, in the overall market and community. So I'm a member of the Vendor Advisory Council at HTNG. I have members on my team that are chairing automated authentication, internet capabilities, IoT, different work groups within these consortiums. And we're trying to understand where the market's going, work with them to solve problems. And, and that represents a significant portion. I have people dedicated just on that, and whether it's HTNG, HLA, CHTA, whatever the acronym is, we're, we're trying to work with all the leaders of the industry to un better understand the problem so we can help solve them. Gotcha. Yeah, Mike Blake is a, is a good friend, and uh, we, we've certainly Mike's had a, a lot of conversations about where this industry is going and, and love what they're doing and you know, working on some collaborations together as well. Very cool. So, so you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that it's it's not a it's not a decision of if you're going to have Wi or if you're going to have Wi-Fi or whether you're going to have Wi-Fi. It's which tier of Wi-Fi are you using? What are the what are yeah. the are, are the key decision factors that uh, that a hotelier? Let's just you know kind of take the beginner mindset and say I'm opening my first uh, independent hotel. It's a sizable hotel and. Uh, it's a luxury boutique property around 150, 200 rooms. What are the things that I need to be considering um, when I'm when I'm choosing either a my provider like Ruckus or a competitor, or just choosing between your own product set? So we have best practices that we go through, and part of the decision is, you know, obviously the size is going to going to determine controller size, but that that's kind of irrelevant. It's really what, what they're looking for in an experience. Are they looking at personal area networks on a per room basis? And if so, that's gonna put them in the in-room uh, access point. We have a, a complete portfolio, whether it's cable modem connectivity, DOCSIS connectivity for in the in-room access point. We have a 
high-end version 11AC Wave 2 with four Ethernet ports and PoE out and and a USB two-way communications to support multiple files like ZigBee Z-Wave, DLE, and OpenG. Or our third one is our H320, and that's, I just want great Wi-Fi and one or two Ethernet ports. So, so the very first determination is, is this going to be an in-room access point design, or is this going to be a hallway design? And sometimes uh, that's determined by the building makeup itself. If it's made up, uh, for instance, in the Caribbean where uh, storms are a big deal, there's concrete and chicken wire between each of the rooms, and RF doesn't really like traveling through that. So there, there may be no choice. Then the next question is, once you decide whether it's in-room or hallway, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Is IoT important? Is networking important? Do I need multiple Ethernets in the room, and can I save money by putting that in-room AP that consolidates my Ethernet and my Wi-Fi networks? So, so first is your high-level design. Is it going to be in-room, or is it going to be a hallway design? And then from there, again, depending on your needs, if I don't have cabling in in the building, I can leverage the DOCSIS, the C110, which is DOCSIS connected. If I do have Ethernet cabling in the room or I can put Ethernet cabling in the room, I decide whether I want a highly advanced solution that supports IoT and OpenG, or do I want cost-effective great Wi-Fi with great Ethernet connectivity that's gonna save me a bit of money. Gotcha. And for and for hoteliers that, uh, let's you know just say that their uh, their owners are a bit frugal, and they also know yeah. that that their current service is uh, is lacking, and it's yep. hurting their operational efficiency as well as their guest satisfaction scores. Are there any tips that that you have for them where they'd be able to kind of at least take some kind of short term approach to to putting a band aid on the problem versus revamping the entire system? I. So absolutely yes, and we do this for a lot of our partners, and we'll do we'll we'll come in with uh, audits, remote audits. A lot of the time, the Wi-Fi, if it was done right, at, at, if it worked at one time, uh, there's a way to get it to work again. It may be through configuration capabilities, as as the phone manufacturers, whether it's Android or iPhone, or, or um, they come out with new capabilities that you need to tweak new firmwares and stuff. So so we have this ability. Uh, either through our partners, our, our decade of hospitality partners, or through ourselves to be able to offer auditing capabilities to have a look at what's really happening on the network and see without doing a forklift upgrade um, right. what's required. If if there is a requirement to upgrade access points because maybe they have 11G access points and 11AC is the environment and they bought them seven years ago, the way our system works is uh, it enables you to mix and match. So I can have some 11G here, and I'm going to upgrade my new ones in the, the trouble spots, quote unquote, to 11AC, and I can phase that out over time. So we work with a lot of the ownership groups on having their thought process a bit different. Instead of spending $100,000 every three years, how about spending 25 or 30 every year? So let's spend a little bit. Let's upgrade our cable infrastructure and our switching environment year one, year two. Let's upgrade the conference areas and the public areas and year three let's upgrade the guest rooms so nothing has to be forklifted our, our system is all about enabling uh, uh forward investment and protecting uh past investment but uh it's it's a mindset around the ownership group instead of spending that big big nut at once uh we're trying to help them understand that there's a few steps they can take along the way the the cable infrastructure if they do it right can last 20 
plus years. So let's let's make sure the cables infrastructure is done right. The switching environment now, um, with some of the new capabilities we have in our switching for two and a half gig and PoE uh, plus um, to power cameras and higher end APs, it's kind of important. So we try to help the ownership through the investment uh, decision and, and, and sort of educate them on that. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and, and when you mentioned the, some of the conference centers, I was, I was at CES last month and I was walking around the Wynn conference and convention area and I was just blown away. I'd never seen that side of, of Encore and, and just the sheer amount of space. Is it a completely, out of curiosity, is it a completely different technology that's used for those massive open spaces versus the hotel rooms? The technology is the same. So we'll we'll have uh, conference room APs and really, you know, whether it's small or big, but what's different is how you deploy them. Um, I talked earlier about our, our access points having this technology called Beamflex, which is a whole bunch of antennas pointing in different directions. In the past, we used to think about just scattering and honeycombing access points. Well, when you get to a big conference area, there's a lot of space up top that's wasted. So there's there's best practices on how to deploy in very high dense environments like conference space that has no real barriers to reflect or the barriers could change. I could make a conference room from, you know, one big conference room into three or small, uh, two or three smaller conference rooms. So we have to be really cognizant of the environment and we do have a lot of best practices on high density conference type deployments. But that's, that's certainly a different deployment style than just plugging an access point on the wall uh, by the TV. A lot right. more complicated too. Right. And 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 are there any uh are there any hotel groups or ownership groups that you think are like really forward thinking from the perspective of network infrastructure and how that impacts their impacts their bottom line? I think all the favorite names you've heard of, the big big hotel chains you've heard of, and I, I'm I, I'd be afraid to mention a few of them, but uh, uh you, you know who they are. Um they're all forward thinking. They have dedicated teams just thinking about what we can do uh, with technology in the future. So one of the things the hotels, most of the major brands, not the smaller uh, brands, maybe not the independents, but uh, certainly the luxury and, and the mid-tier, the business uh, class hotel are thinking about is, <clears throat> is they spend a lot of time. So what they've, you know, 20 years ago, we used to go to a hotel and get HBO, and we didn't have it at home. And we had a pool, and we had all these things. So it was a, it was a luxury to go to a hotel because all these extra amenities. All the hoteliers have realized that now I have my Apple TV at home. Maybe I have Amazon Echo at home. I have great internet. I don't have to log in. A lot of the hoteliers are saying, okay, wait a minute. We're behind the times on what the guest experience is at home. And they're looking at ways to innovate to sort of leapfrog the experience at home. So all of them are talking about things like through loyalty and, and, and profiling uh, of guests, guest profiles uh, through the loyalty program. They're, they're trying to apply characteristics. So if you walk into a room, you're going to have equal or a much better experience at home, whether it's your casting to your TV, whether it's your communications with the voice-activated solutions or in-room controls. They're trying to leapfrog and make it so that when you go to a hotel, it's equal or better. And a lot of them recognize that to do that, a lot of innovation and thought process has to be around it. And that's where we collaborate with all the hoteliers out there is what are the problems they're looking to solve moving forward. Great. And, and do you foresee, uh, you know, you talked a lot about like the luxury groups that are really looking to kind of 
push the limit in terms of the types of technology on property. And, and there's obviously requirements that come along with that in terms of infrastructure. Do you see some of the more economy properties as having a bigger focus on this down the road? Or is it more just a, a factor of, you know, their their rate and, and might not be high enough to be able to make the right investments in that or their guests don't have the same expectation because they're paying a lower rate? Or do you think that kind of guests over time will expect to have that level of, of Wi-Fi even in some of the more budget properties? We have a major um, budget frame that's a partner of ours um, in Europe. And they have about uh, 480 hotels. And when we did their first deployment with them about four years ago, um, it was, I understand I need Wi-Fi. My guests tell me it's the most important amenity. It's more important than, than uh, a hot running water. Um, so I know I have to invest in it. They're now in the midst of their evolution and they've evolved and now they're going to the next level. And they don't look at it as much as an investment that I just have to pay money for to provide guest access. They're now integrating back office services and efficient machine management services. So the Wi-Fi is uh, uh, an infrastructure platform that not only does guests, but because it does everything else, there's a huge amount of cost savings in doing voice over Wi-Fi instead of having wired connectivity everywhere. There's a lot of cost savings in consolidating all those separate networks, whether it's back office and front office, or whether it's smart building management into the IP world. And, and they're looking at some of the service enablements beyond just bringing these networks together and making them function easier and better and more cost effectively. But what service enablement? So if I automate my locks and put my locks from an IoT perspective and, and, and take those two disparate networks and bring them together, I have efficiency models, but now I can offer new services because my guest is connected to my Wi-Fi, my locks are now connected to my same Wi-Fi IT infrastructure, and now I can have guests open doors, as an example. So, so initially it was guest access, now they're looking, then it went to how do I leverage the Wi-Fi to make things more efficient and save money, and now they're looking at that next tier and how do I offer new and differentiated services to guests to be able to do that. So it, it was this cycle and, you know, I think different different brands at the lower cycle may be still in that. I just need to offer free Wi-Fi um, yeah. and I got to be cheap as possible. But I think after they've sort of matured and been in the market a little bit, they understand that there's a lot of efficiencies by deploying a great Wi-Fi network. And there's a lot of service opportunities and guest satisfaction opportunities if they do that as well. Absolutely. And and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time with your new shareholders. I know you have a lot of uh, installations <laughs> to, to bring on board every day, as you mentioned. Um, just a couple more questions. I want, I want to know, is there has there been a strategic impact on uh, on the business segment based, you know, as a factor of the kind of speed of innovation of uh, of cell service and ubiquity of, of smartphones. I'm sure that smartphones are obviously putting a much heavier load on your networks, but they're, they're also, you know, in areas that do have good cell service, does that impact usage in any meaningful way? Or do you still people see people um, really engaged with the Wi-Fi and obviously providing much better than cell can provide at this point? Oh, wow. That's a great question. So, I, you know, I think you kind of answered that initially. The average guest within seven minutes logs onto the Wi-Fi network. Um, the average guest has three devices in the room, and that's a, a handheld, a, a, a tablet, and a PC or a Mac. So everyone's using the Wi-Fi network. Now, cellular is important because you get into some of these properties and they don't have great cellular coverage. So 
ruckus from an innovative perspective um, has really tried to solve that problem. Instead of deploying DAS solutions, are there alternatives that we could leverage, you know, our Wi-Fi architecture and infrastructure to be able to offload or or provide a service where where cellular isn't? So we we uh, we are part of what's called the CBRS, and we have this platform called OpenG. So we can take all those wall plates that we talked about, those in-room H510s, plug a little device on it, and now I have three and a half G LTE running over it. So I don't think that Wi-Fi and and traditional cellular over data over cellular compete with each other. I'm sure it happens in some places. Everybody jumps to the Wi-Fi. The performance is better. The experience is better in the part of the hotel and they get that local feel. Um, but where we're trying to innovate is where the, the voice connectivity isn't so good. We're trying to augment and offer differentiated services to solve those problems as well. Ted, this has been uh, super enlightening, and, and I hope you didn't pick up too much, but my, my hardware knowledge is certainly inferior to my software, but it's been great to learn about, about your business and, and catch up with you. So thanks so much for coming on today. Jordan, thanks so much for having us. Uh, we, we really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Speechless, speechless